Welcome to the Far From Average podcast where we speak about topics and interview people who are far from average so you can take your business and take your life to the next level. I have an extremely special guest with us here today and we're going to be talking about how to start sports betting as a full-time thing, a full-time career and how you can really make money in the sports betting space as well as content creation. This guy is, like I said, an expert in the sports betting and content creation. I don't want to hype him up too much, but to be a full-time sports better, that's already an achievement in and of itself. So I'm not going to, uh, like I said, pop, uh, prop him up too much, but introducing my guest, Austin. Hi, everybody. My name is Austin. I go by Scoop now out here. I uh, started a little thing up called the Vegas Scoop. And uh, yeah, like you said, you know, I was just getting into it, trying to uh, pave my way. And one thing with the sports betting is, is strength in numbers. You start meeting the right people. Um, lifetime fitness, you know, different relationships that have come from there really were able to uh, kind of propel this thing to the next level. Right. And that kind of segues into my first question, because I think this is important. When I was when I moved over to the Henderson area, I looked up most expensive gyms near me because I wanted to join a high profile gym where I can meet people who had enough money to blow a hundred, two hundred dollars on a gym membership. How important do you think it is to join a high-profile gym like that so you can start building those connections? Yeah, so I come out here, I join LVAC. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is unbelievable. You know, just ecstatic compared to what I was used to back in Cincinnati. And then uh, one day I stumbled into Lifetime. A lady took me there, and it was completely eye-opening. Right now, in my network of people that are important to what I do, um, 99% of them have come from Lifetime Fitness. And like you said, it, it really whittles out those pretenders, those people that are going to tell you what you want to hear when you're in front of them. Right. Because w when you're at Lifetime and you're sitting there in the sauna and you're talking to somebody about sports and they're talking about betting a 1000 a game or whatever it is, um, a lot of times people will just make it up and, and they'll make it seem like they're yeah. really betting and then you find out that it was a waste of time. And so Lifetime really, really uh, helps you just kind of maximize who you meet, when you meet them, and... Uh, taking the relationship to a point where it's beneficial to everybody. Yeah, absolutely, and I 100% agree. You mentioned coming out here from Cincinnati. So what made you make the move from Cincinnati to Vegas? Yeah, so I'm in Cincinnati uh, selling furniture. Uh, my brother, he uh, calls me up one time on a Wednesday, and at the time I'm dead broke. I'm living in Newport, Kentucky, no money, just really honestly miserable. And he says, oh. We're going to Vegas on Friday for my 25th birthday. I didn't want you to not feel included, um, but I wanted you know I wanted you to know where we're going. I uh -huh. said I looked at him. I said, "You think there's any way you guys are going to Vegas and I'm not going to be there? <laughs> like any way?" So I picked up the phone. I got real creative real quick. I called up this lady, who um, is the sister of a guy that I've been connected with in the poker world for a long time. Uh -huh. Her name's Stephanie. Shout out to Stephanie. Without her, I wouldn't be here. And uh, I pitched her on an idea called Scooper Picks. Uh -huh. And what it is is I do write-ups on games. I tell people who to bet on, and I try to help them get to the answers. Uh -huh. And so I called her up. I said, I'm going to go to Vegas. I'll put some bets in for us. I'll start networking and seeing who I can meet, and uh, we'll get this thing going. And she says yes. So I come out here, uh -huh. and we walk into the Mirage one night on a Friday, November 19, 2016. Never forget it. And the first person that my brother, shout out to my brother, because another thing where 
the stars just kind of aligned. Uh-huh. My brother goes over to this guy. He's sitting in the little VIP area. He hands him this card, and he's just a funny Texas guy, carefree. And, uh, you know, he's having fun with the name Scooper, you know. And he says, hey, Scooper, what do you think of the Oklahoma-West Virginia game? And, like, to this day, we still do these Gordo imitations because he's just a funny character. Uh-huh. Uh, he's now become my mentor and a huge part of this whole thing. And through this, uh, through this opportunity that my brother set up, um, Gordo says to me, that first night I gave him one pick. Mm-hmm. And it was the first half, Milwaukee Bucks, Golden State Warriors. Luckily for me, it won because one thing in this sports betting world is when you start meeting people and relationships get going, sometimes it's a timing thing. If you get hot off the beginning, people want to work with you. Mm. If you're cold and you're giving them losers, <laughs> they don't think you know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. So sometimes part of it is overcoming just, you know, making people understand, you know, I have losing weeks. I have losing months, but I try not to have losing months very often. Right. You know. So when a guy like Gordon comes into the equation, it was very, very paramount to uh, to get hot quick, and right. I and I did. He uh, he wins that first bet. The next morning, he tells me, "Meet me here at Mirage at 8 a.m." Uh huh. And between me and you, V, I've struggled my whole life with showing up to places on time. Um, I was always kind of an entrepreneur before I was. Uh-huh. So when I worked for other people, in my head, it was like I was something that I wasn't yet. And so I, a lot of times, I would. You know, maybe not take jobs as serious as I should have at the time. Mm-hmm. But this time, I was there 10 minutes early. I walk in at 7.50 a.m. And remember it like it was yesterday. Uh-huh. On that Sunday, we went 14-3. and three. I think I made him probably 25000 that day. To, crap, to cap off the trip, he throws me 500 bucks, gives me his number, mm-hmm. and uh, the opportunity was in front of me finally. That's That's a crazy story, but... One of the things that you said that that stood out to me is making the right picks. Mm-hmm. How do you go about that? Because I'm, I'm like, I have no idea how that kind of stuff works, and a lot of people in the audience don't know either. How do we go about picking the right? So anytime I over, – over time I started to – I broke it down into three variables. Mm-hmm. So there's the spot, a.k.a. the situation, as well as the matchup. And then eventually you get to kind of, you're really as a handicapper, you're, you're a puzzle maker. You're taking all these different ingredients, injury report. So like, for example, right now, San Francisco and Seattle, they're going to play tomorrow night. Uh-huh. Let's just go to the handicap a little bit. So San Francisco, they've won six in a row. They've covered five. And what's a handicap? So a handicap is a, uh, it's a terminology for basically breaking down what's going to happen in a game. Okay. So any, so when you bet sports for a living, mm-hmm. you're a handicapper. Okay. Okay. So, when you're looking at the situation here, anytime you got a Thursday game, something key is is the situation that we have a short week. Sometimes these NFL players, they play a tough physical game on a Sunday. Well, key to Thursday is how are your coaches getting these guys prepared on a short week with getting out of your normal routine? Anytime you got people out of their normal routine, now some different things are potential to happen here. Right. And so, with San Francisco, um, I, re- I, I just – I played San Francisco at the opener. It opened one and a half, mm-hmm. and it closed three and a half. So one thing with sports betting that you're going to learn is closing line value. And this is the biggest barometer of whether or not you're going to make it and whether or not you're on to something or if you're kind of in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because closing line value means this. On Sunday night when the lines come out, you get an opening number. Then 
the super sharp guys come out and they start making opinions. And once these opinions come into the market, the sharp sports books start to move the number. Mm -hmm. So when San Francisco and Seattle opened up, San Francisco was a one and a half point favorite. The uh -huh. sharp the sharp guys clearly made it clear that they like San Francisco. So now this thing's up to three and a half. And the sharp guys are like the big guys. Right. Okay. And these are, this is the world that I was able to come into through Lifetime Fitness. Wow. So um, before I could really honestly say I was sharp, uh -huh. I met guys that were sharp who were able to kind of elevate me. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so anytime you're looking at a game and you're handicapping it, um, you want to look at the situation. And, you know, one of my sayings on my website is stop guessing, start winning. Because mm. most of these guys out here, they're waking up on Sunday morning, they're on the pooper, they got their phone, and they're just hoping they guess what teams are going to win. And they're throwing in five, 16 parlays, which is a whole nother story. You know, parlays is a, a tough way to make money. And that's one thing that, you know, most of these people out there that are going to watch this that do bet sports, you know, if you're primarily betting parlays, you know, a.k.a. trying to get rich quick, you're most likely going to learn the hard way that that's not how it works. Now, can you break down for me what a parlay is? Yeah, so a parlay is when you take multiple legs of a bet and you bring them together in one. So if everything wins, and let's say you pick five different teams mm -hmm. and they all win, you get paid out better. But if one of those five teams doesn't win and you hit the other four, you lose it all. And so most people, when uh -huh. they bet, like most of these guys that you'll, you know, that you talk to that say they bet sports, uh -huh. most guys that are doing it for re recreationally, for fun, they're betting parlays. Oh, okay. And they love to tell you when they hit them, oh, I hit an eight-teamer. You know, you heard this. I yeah. hit the eight-teamer, I hit the six-teamer. But they don't tell you, I lost 14 of them in a row before I hit the eight-teamer. Right. So and it's the, like I really didn't make money. Yeah, these the, the math on these parlays, so I'll just break it down simply. If you have to be right twice in a row uh -huh. and the odds are even, which every game the odds aren't even, if you're talking money lines, right? which is who's going to win. Uh -huh. There's always a point spread on the game. That's the market saying, like, for example, Thursday. The market is saying San Francisco is three and a half points better than Seattle playing in Seattle, mm -hmm. right? So whenever you take these parlays and you throw them together, the chances of being right one out of two are 50%. Mm -hmm. Well, 50% times 50% is 25%, right? So the chances of me and you both picking two games and being right on both of them is around 25%. Okay. It is 25%. Now, as you know, these sports books, they're in the business of making money too. Yeah, they got to make money. Right? So this is the thing. 99% of people that are walking into South Point, walking into Circa, betting these games, 99 out of 100 really have no chance before they even start. Right? Why? Because it's very difficult, you know. The, you, first, you have to beat the regular VIG, which 52.4% is just to break even. So if you sit there and you bet 100 games at minus 110, uh -huh. you have to be right a little bit over 52 out of the 100 just to break even. If you bet 100 games and you go 50 and 50, you would think you break even, right? But every right. time that you bet, you have to bet 110 to win 100. Okay? Okay. So there's a built-in juice. They call it the juice. Uh-huh. So when you're betting sports, to begin with, you're already climbing uphill. Right. Right? Because you already have to beat the right. the casinos who have, like, top-notch experts to put together, like, the same thing that you're doing, right? Well, so here's what's funny. For a long time, I did not know this, and eventually, you know, you get into the world and you start to understand. 
So part of what gave me the confidence to come out here was mm-hmm. a website called Scores and Odds. And what they do on this website is they show you where the line opens and they show you where the line closes. And they also show you the betting splits from the public. Mm-hmm. So you get to see how many people are betting on each side. So I, when I got into this, baseball was the first sport that really triggered something. So I'm looking at this game, and it was a Yankees-Cincinnati Reds game. And they open, the team opened, I think the Yankees opened minus 120. Or actually, this is what it was. Cincinnati opens minus 120, mm-hmm. which already, you know, the Yankees being an underdog was rare. And everybody was betting the Yankees, and the line was moving the other direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. If everybody's betting on this side, why is the number moving the other way? Right. And the answer is is that the public doesn't move the number. The sharpest guys in the world move the number. And that's the guys with the biggest bankroll? These are the guys that have proven over a long period of time that they are sustainable winners. Mm. So when these sports books have different accounts betting through them, uh-huh. the ones that are winning and getting CLV, the closing line value, mm-hmm. that means that you're betting numbers that are moving in your direction. Okay. So, like, em- everyone that bet San Francisco minus one and a half on Sunday night, those sports books that took those bets, uh-huh. they know that this person knows what they're doing, right? Because the number just moved two points in their favor. Right. If San Francisco wins tomorrow night by three, all the people who bet San Francisco on Thursday lose. Uh-huh. All the people who bet San Francisco on Sunday win. Okay. Right? Okay. This right. is where timing comes into it. Uh-huh. So the same way in the stock market. Right. So these sports teams are just like stocks, and we're trading them, and we're all making opinions. And so when you, when the market puts in a, a, a number on a team, mm-hmm. they're saying that this is what that team is worth. Right? So basically we're all, you know, and that's the thing. You might, I might be on San Francisco. I've been on San Francisco like the last month, like almost every game, uh-huh. because I saw their defense. I knew what they were kind of, you know, we, we saw San Fran last year. They, uh, you know, they win a playoff game. I mean, right. if it's not for Tart dropping the uh, interception against the Rams, uh-huh. we're having a completely different conversation about who just won the Super Bowl. Right. Because the 49ers and the Rams were both terrible matchups for the Bengals last year with that weak offensive line. So whether or not they played Nick Bosa or whether or not they played Aaron Donald, it was going to be a problem either way. Mm-hmm. And so when Tart drops that interception with seven minutes to go in the NFC title game, <laughs> You know, 10 years from now, people are just going to remember Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Super Bowl championship. But the truth is, is that if Tart doesn't drop that, Jimmy G might have a ring. And the whole perception of these athletes is completely different, which Mm -hmm. is something I've always been fascinated by. Especially when the refs start flipping games. That's where it gets even more interesting. Like, how many many teams have won titles over the last 20 years where, like, one little small call could have changed the whole course of how everything played out? First thing that comes to mind is the Raptors. Uh, where Kawhi hit the shot, mm, he traveled. Mm, it's a great one. Yeah, they didn't. And, and even the ball bouncing 12 times, like there's some times where that ball doesn't go in, you know? And that's where when things are just meant to be, like like my boy Vito over here, when, when, when things just kind of fall into place in a way where you just, it almost seems like you didn't even make it up, like it just, it was there. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, my next question is, those, you call them sharps or sharks? Sharp, shark, either one. It, they're similar. How do you, how does somebody that's getting in at ground zero, mm-hmm. how much money do they need to even compete with those kind of guys to get started? So you're not competing with them. What you're doing is, is you're trying to respect them. You're trying to say, so 
I'm at Lifetime Fitness. I'm doing okay betting sports. I got my guy te- in Texas. I got a little thing going. You know, I got five, six clients. I got my main guy. And um, this guy comes to me. And so this is how you can get involved. At any point, every sharp in the world, if you meet one, everyone's saying the same thing. Bring me accounts. And what accounts are, are people who have bookies where you can bet through them. Uh-huh. Everybody's looking for the opportunity at more outs, more opportunities to bet with somebody. So what you do is, is if you meet somebody who's sharp, so I'm in the gym, I'm walking through, I meet this funny guy from New York, and uh, he says to me, bring me accounts, and I'll print money into them. And I said, okay. And I was a little skeptical, but, um, you know, I had kind of reached my plateau. As a, as a better myself, I never was able to make it over, like, 20K. I always was able to just do enough to get by, but there's a super important part of this whole gambling world, and it's the concept of scared money. When you're betting with money, that gets you emotional, and if you lose it, your life is going to become a mess. <laughs> All of a sudden, picking games becomes a lot more difficult. Right. But if you can get yourself in a position where you have discipline. So, for example, the question you originally asked, let's say you're starting off with a $500 bankroll. Don't bet parlays. Bet $50 a game and take it one day at a time. Do not try to get rich in the first week. Do not try to hit the eight-teamers. If you got a game that you have a read on, put the time in, put the work in, uh-huh. bet the 50 bucks, and then if it wins, bet 50 again. And if you proved yourself over a month that you, that you got something going here, then bump it up to 75, 100 a game. But what most people are doing out there, and I was guilty of it for a decade. I lost. I started betting when I was 11 years old. Wow. I didn't start making money until I was like 28. Uh-huh. It was like 17 years of misery. <laughs> yeah. I just had a little boy, and, uh, you know, for a young kid, like, to go through the pain, um, it's uh, it's not worth it, you know. But to, uh-huh. but to, at the same time, I'm always going to be me. I didn't pick this life. This, pick, this life picked me. And so it just kind of is what it is, and you have to – you, and that's a whole another part of it. A lot of guys that are betting sports, emotionally, they're not wired the way you have to be wired to win. How do you have to be wired? You got to be able to take it in the stomach uh-huh. and wake up the next day when you have a bad night and say, what's done is done, and get on to the next one. But if you start looking at games with the fear of, oh, I just, I just, did, I missed a bet on Sunday, and, and now on Thursday, I, you know, I got this, you know, and it starts to become this, like, you know, this what if, you know, one foot Back in, and forth it, in your mind. It gets tough. Wow. So, yeah. how, because did you start off like that? When you got started, were you, like, all good, on to the next one, on to the next one, anytime you lost? No. Or did that, did you slowly build that over time? Um. It was a means of survival. Like, at a certain point, you uh, you realize that it's not doing you any good. And this is where the mentors come in. So, shout out Buffalo Billy. You know, you start being around people that, that are winners, that, that are in this game, and they're uh-huh. doing what they do. Um, you start to realize the body language. I mean, look no further than, like, a Belichick, you know? If they put the camera on them after a game, and they win, or they lose, there's no difference. You know, my favorite Belichick moment of all time, Seattle's scrambling over on the sidelines. He sees the chaos on their sidelines, and instead of calling the timeout, uh-huh. he says, you know, no, 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 no. We're not going to call timeout here. I, I see confusion over there. And next play, they throw the interception, and Butler jumps the route, right? But but Belichick's wiring, his emotional, I don't, like, it's almost like he doesn't care, but uh-huh. in a healthy way. Right. He's, He's like, detached. You know, 
Yes. Detached from the result. He knows he already put the work in. Now he's just staying in the moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how, how does someone go about building that? How you go about building that? And that's the new world that I've tapped into here is, is the breathing. Let's get into it. The meditation, the stuff I really love. The sports betting thing, you know, I'm grateful for it. I'm thankful it was a part of my life to get me here. And it will always be a part of what I do. But it used to be the end-all, be-all. from uh-huh. like, like, And that's a whole other thing. Happiness. There's a lot of people that if their games win, they're happy. If the games lose, they're, it's tough to be around them. <laughs> yeah, they're I'm miserable. I'm sure you got some friends where if Yeah, I know some people bet, like that. Right? And uh, being able to um, still have a good time and be present with the people around you when the games don't go your way. Right. It's huge. It's huge to just making this all worth it. Right. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to go to the grave someday. And it's like, what did I do? Was it, you know? Yeah, was I miserable over a yeah. sports team? And it's, it is. It's hard to lose money and not get upset about it. Yeah. You know? It is hard to do that. Some people just can't lose. Some people know it. Like, I'm a t- some people, I'll meet them, and they'll be like, bro, I'm a terrible loser. If I lose, like, I, I, I want to, like, rip the wall off. Like, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's good. That's self-awareness. Yeah, that's you who <laughs> recognize that. Sports betting is probably not for you. Yeah, absolutely. You, the best in the world are wrong 45 out of 100. So if you can't get comfortable with that 45% losing, you're in trouble. Right. Now you talked about, or you spoke about the uh, the meditation, yes. your rituals and stuff. What kind of ritual do you do on a day-to-day basis to you know stay grounded so you're not too upset when anything goes wrong? Okay. So about six months ago or so, I had a new friend come into my life. His name's Gene, and uh, he really educated me on nutrition, um, the power of how important an empty stomach is and how this fasting and not overeating and eat. Like I used to eat BW3s for lunch, and then two hours later I would say, I feel like shit. And right. And I'd be confused why. And it was like, it was so obvious. But So obvious when why? You're, when, you're, when you're in it and you're living, you're just like, you know, this is normal. Like I eat normal foods, you know. I eat a burger for lunch. But it's like yeah. I have since got into fasting, and then uh, what really changed it was a guy named Wim Hof. So he... Uh, He's a, Nether- uh-huh. he's a Netherlands Dutch guy, uh-huh. and he teaches people. He went through one of the just grossest situations, had a wife that committed suicide, and this, he kind of found his way into this world, and he teaches people how to do this breathing. So I start, I wake up, and uh, mm-hmm. I walk out to my backyard where I have a ice bath. I jump in it. I put on Rocky or some kind of song, and uh, I just breathe. And I, it's just the fight or flight takes over, and it becomes this uh, moment of, if I can control my mind and I can control my breath right. in this cold, chaotic, scary moment, then throughout the day when people try to push my buttons and, you know, whether it's a game that doesn't go my way, it just kind of all floats away. Right. So I get in the ice, I come out, and uh, I've gotten into the uh, the habit of just looking at the, the sun and just letting the sun kind of dry me off. When, I'm, when I come out and I'm freezing cold, uh-huh. I let the sun and the vitamin D just get into my pores. And, uh, you know, being as fair-skinned as I am, I can't do too long. But 10, 15 minutes yeah. is perfect. Not enough people are just, just taking in that sun right. and being grateful for it. That's the other thing. Just being grateful, like, wow. It wasn't, you know, life used to suck way more, you know. And, like, that's the thing. We're always going to find stuff that's not ideal. Right. It's easy to find things that aren't you know, going perfectly, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you see it with social media. So many people are being wired to complain about what's wrong. And so with the Wim Hof and the ice bath, it really has helped me to just uh, slow down and say thank you. Wow. 
I think that's powerful. But how long have you been doing that? About four or five months now. Four or five months. So this cold therapy is new to me. Uh huh. Um, and I mean, you saw me. I, I, me and V were on the same basketball team. I was two hundred pounds five months ago. Right. You know, I'm one sixty seven right yeah, now. Yeah, you look. You look for sure leaner. I, I just feel better. My right. lighter. Um, everything has improved since this Wim Hof has come into my life and. It's a deep belly breathing. I, I run these events now on Friday nights called uh -huh. Frosty Fridays. Yeah, tell, tell us about yeah. it. Tell us about it. Anyone's welcome to come. I'm working on a warehouse where we're going to be able to get 100, 200 people together. And what it is, it's a breathing where you fill up your diaphragm and the belly, the best, the breath starts in your belly. You take it to your chest, up to your neck and head, and you release. And you do 30 of these breaths. And so it's... And after 30 of these... You start getting this blood and the CO2 going. And on the 30th breath, when you release, mm -hmm. you stop. And you're able to do these really long retentions where you hold your breath. Mm -hmm. And after four or five rounds of these, you start getting this tingle. And similar stuff to, I don't know if you know DMT, but like yeah. the similar, similar chemicals are released in our mind. And you start getting these visions and you start seeing colors, but it's beautiful. It's this tingle. And you come out of it and it's like, you know. You know, when you meditate, you feel calm. Right. This is a little Grounded. bit different because you still feel calm, but you also feel ready. It's like that mm. perfect combination of being calm, yeah. but also ready to do whatever it needs to do. Yeah. I know so what before you're we get these people in the ice, we do this breathing first. So after you come out of this Wim Hof, your your system is so ready for the ice that by the time you get into it, it's easy. Right. Man, that's I need to go to the next one. Yes. But uh what would you say are the two, because this is kind of interesting to me, because I've been taking cold showers for, for years. Yeah. Like cold showers in the morning, it wakes me up. And I think it helps a lot with like my physique and recovery and stuff like that. So what are two benefits if somebody wants to get into something that's, a, get into like entrepreneurship and they're trying to stay grounded? What would you say two of the main benefits are of doing the Wim, Wim Hof is what, what it's called, right? First and foremost, the biggest thing is, as you know, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, failure's going to happen. Stuff's going to happen. Things yes. aren't always going to – once you start depending on other people, because to be an entrepreneur, you got to work with other people. Right. We and we people. live we live in a city where it's really hard to get people to tell you something and keep their word. Right. Right. Last week on Frosty Fridays, you know, you have tons of people commit, say they're going to come. And, you know, it's a different world when it comes down to, like, actually doing it. Right. So – Anytime you're working with other people, um, you have to be able to take the bad and stay calm. And so when you get into the cold, as you well know, when you come out of a cold shower, you just feel calmer, you know? It yeah. regulates your nervous system. It does. Yeah, so cold shower, cold shower is a great way to get started. And then over time, um, you know, when the opportunity comes, don't be scared of the ice because it's two minutes, two, two three minutes of pain. But it's so worth the benefits when you come out. The ligaments feel better. And my knees feel so much better after an ice bath. Yes, you sleep better. You, you're nicer to people. That's one of the biggest things. My dad was just in town. He said, what are you, why are you doing this? And I, I just made it simple. I said, it makes me nicer. <laughs> you know? That's dope. Yeah. So I, I'm a little wild with it. I get in every morning, every night. Um, I'm doing whim one-on-one -on -one sessions with people in my backyard. It's like my new favorite thing. Yeah. If somebody wants to try it, I text them. I tell them, come over. And I just do a little one-on-one -on -one with them in the backyard. Yeah. Now, your hoodie yes. for your new uh, your new content creation yes. company, right? 
Yeah, so sports betting, sports betting was kind of the start of everything. Uh-huh. And then during uh, COVID, something cool happened. Uh, I didn't realize it at the time. It made me really scared at first because uh-huh. sports got taken away. Yeah. There was a three-month period with no games. Yeah. And so at the time, I had like 60, 70K, and I'm like, all right, I, uh, I don't know what to do next. At some point, this money will have to you know, fade away, so what's next? And uh, a lot of people were playing poker on these mm-hmm. different apps and stuff, so I started getting back into the poker world, mm-hmm. and um, it led me to uh, talk to a lot of people that I hadn't talked to in a while, and one of them was my guy over here, Vito Corvito. Uh-huh. And uh, through talking to him, I, I realized something wasn't right. He was, um, he was in, a, in, a, in a dark world. He was in the drugs, and... Uh, I always believed in him. I uh-huh. knew, I just, me and him, we never really fully got along when we were kids, but there was always a mutual respect of just IQ and the families we come from. And so uh, at one point I said, bro, let's just interrupt this pattern. Let's get you out of Ohio, come out here. And um, I brought him into this world. And so currently what we, so, at, you know, when Chugs and Hugs first got going, mm-hmm. um, it was funny last night I was, I just watched White Lotus. I don't know if you guys seen it phenomenal show uh mike white wrote it and uh this is ned schliebly from uh school of rock you ever uh-huh. seen that movie no i haven't no so uh, ned schliebly was uh the substitute teacher and i was reading about this uh uh-huh. m- this movie all-time phenomenal movie school of rock uh-huh. and i found out that the only reason school of rock was ever written was because mike white just wanted to make Jack Black wanted to perform He Loves Making Music and doing rock stuff. Uh-huh. He's not like a real rock star. Yeah. But for the sake of his acting with it, it was able to, um, you know, he basically wrote it for his buddy. Mm-hmm. And this is what happened with Chugs and Hugs. I just like spending time with my buddy Vito over here. Uh-huh. And I wanted to come up with something where we could work together. So I'm laying in the float tank one day, and I'm like, what's he good at? And he has this thing. He, he, he picks me up. He's kind of my helper, just as much as he can with everything. And he, uh, he he gives me a big hug to start every day. He uh-huh. gets out of the car and he gives me a big hug. So he loves hugs, and he's always had this gift that he can chug beers really quick. Uh-huh. One second, shotgun. It's like he sucks it out, right? <laughs> no, so I I'm like, he crazy. loves the chug, he loves the hug. And uh, so Chugs and Hugs was born, and uh, we've been experimenting with a little bit, going to the strip, having fun with some people. Yeah. And... Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think this was a phenomenal interview. Kind of plug where we can find your stuff as far as your sports betting, your content creation, plug all that stuff. We'll drop the links below. Yeah, so uh, the Instagram handle is at the save with uh, E's, in, with threes instead of E's. So it's TH3SAV3. Mm-hmm. And um, it's cool. Him and I are both going into our year 33. And, you know, the save was already taken, so we had to be a little creative yeah. with what the handle was yep so it's the save and on this channel we do a combination of chugs and hugs uh-huh. grubs and hugs which is our food reviews uh, we also do the frosty friday nights where we film the ice bass and everyone breathing coming together um so on the youtube channel it'll be the save the scoop and veto experience and uh come out and see us yes we'll get, absolutely we'll, we'll get you guys in the ice yeah for sure And that's going to be it for this episode, guys. Make sure that you guys do check out Austin down below and all the uh, we're going to drop all his links and everything for the sports betting, for the chugs and hugs. All that stuff will be down below and I'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.